Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah, release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Groves podcast. I'm Mark Groves. Today, I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome Marissa Peer to the show. Now, Marissa Peer is a world-renowned therapist and transformational leader with more than three decades of experience, working with some of the most high-profile clientele, including actors, musicians, athletes, and even the royal family. She's also a best-selling author of several books, including her most recent, Tell Yourself a Better Lie, which gives us the tools to update and edit our stories and rewrite our lives. This sounds pretty good, doesn't it? At the core of the book and Marissa's broader work is what is called Rapid Transformational Therapy, or RTT, which she pioneered as a complete solution-based therapy treatment. RTT synthesizes hypnotherapy, psychotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming, cognitive behavioral therapy, neuroscience, and neuroplasticity to deliver fast, effective, and long-lasting results. I've been following Marissa's work for a while now, and I can't wait to get into it. Marissa Peer, it is such an honor to have you here. You're a world-renowned therapist, and also a world-renowned hypnotherapist. And I'm curious because when I think of something like hypnotherapy, I think for a lot of people, we think of like a guy at a carnival dangling mm -hmm. a watch and saying like, look into my eyes. Sure. I thought we'd start off with what is hypnotherapy? Just like at the basics, and, and why does it work? So you have a subconscious mind and a conscious mind. And the conscious mind is the analytical mind, but the subconscious is the feeling mind, and the subconscious runs the show. We don't have access to the subconscious, and all of our memories, all of our issues, all of our problems are stored in the subconscious mind. It's like a, like a whole filing system, if you like. So what happens in hypnosis is everything kind of shuts down. The conscious just goes, all the chitter-chatter goes away. You go directly into the subconscious. Three things are going on. First of all, we're investigating a good, good detective. What happened here? Why do you do that? What, where did you learn that? And then we begin to negotiate, look, you don't need to do that ever again. And then in the same time, we're, we're now, now becoming a coder. So we've gone from an investigator to an inter interrupter to a coder who starts to code in a different belief. Of course you can do this. You're meant to do this. Doing this is easy. So the, the final part is to rewire the client. 
give them a, a mantra. I prefer to call it a statement of truth, an affirmation, if you like. So it's the, it's the three ways that are going on in the session and the three things that are happening with the mind starting to send different messages backwards and forwards that the subconscious and conscious mind now totally are on board with and believe. That's beautiful. When people are repeating these statements, do they listen to like an affirmation on repeat or a song on repeat? How do you have them do that? So I make all my clients a recording, all of my 16,000 people I've trained, we make people a transformational recording. It's about 15 minutes long. They listen to it every day because one of the rules of the mind is the mind learns by repetition. But they also have something else. They might have a song on their ringtone. Maybe that's a song from the Lion King, Love is All Around, or mm -hmm. Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Something that's very important to them. So they have a recording, they have something on their ringtone that they like, and they have a little mantra statement they put on their fridge. Maybe they're going to write it on their hand. One of my clients said, I printed it on my pillows. It's the first and the last thing I see. <laughs> I wrote on my pillows, Smart. I'm enough. So we're, we're saturating them. Yeah. These powerful messages. And of course, here's another rule of the mind. You can't be in two lanes. If you're saying I'm enough, I'm amazing, I'm great. I'm, you can't be saying I'm also an idiot. I got rocks for yeah. brains and I'm butterfingers. You can't yeah. drive in two lanes. You've got to get into one lane. So if you keep your mind on, it's a bit like when you're skiing. If you keep your mind on where you want to go, you can't go where you don't want to go. Yeah. When you're driving on the freeway, you can't go where you don't want to go if you're keeping your mind on where you're going. So pick a lane. Stay in it and understand the mind cannot hold conflicting thoughts. And if you pick good thoughts, while you're busy in the good thoughts, you can't possibly think the bad right. ones. Makes sense. So when you do the work of getting someone into hypnosis, yeah. it shuts off, what is it, the prefrontal cortex? Or like, does it shut off all our defenses, essentially? No, it's, hypnosis doesn't send you to sleep. It actually wakes you up to your incredible oh, potential. that's good. So I think, you know, if you imagine the subconscious mind as a Ferrari, and the conscious is an inexperienced Ferrari driver. There's nothing to do with this Ferrari. They're very, they don't understand it. Or say the subconscious is the most incredible wild stallion, but the conscious is the driver. But the stallion's going to win unless you're experienced enough to know how to handle a Ferrari or a horse. If your your mind's like subconscious mind, like this amazing piece of machinery, but unless you understand how to operate it, it just doesn't work for you. So the conscious can't operate the subconscious because the subconscious runs the show. So one is feeling, one is logic. In a battle between logic and emotion, logic never wins. Feeling mm. always wins. Most of us don't really understand that, do we? No. We operate from an emotion. We operate from feelings. And so a good therapist will not want to talk about why, blah, blah. They want to go, let's discover the feeling that made you do this or act like this or feel like that. And when you can do that, it changes everything. You talk about tapping into the purpose, not the behavior. Yeah. And I really love that. I'm curious, what do you mean by that? So I, I created my own therapy called RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy. We have something called role function purpose. And so to make it easy, everything that we do is to do everything that we're looking for is to do three things. is to punish you, to protect you, or to prioritize you. So if you only like people who are not available. I mean, I've met women who say, I, I like people in jail. Why is that? Well, they can never leave me. Mm. I like people who are married. Why is that? I can never really let myself go with them because they're not mine anyway. Mm. So that's a protection. I can't be hurt if I find someone who's not ever going to be mine anyway. Punishing is, when I was a kid... 
I stole money from my mum's purse. Now I've got these terrible headaches. Mm-hmm. My mind's become a judge to a jail and prioritized. It's like a lot of attention. And so whatever issue people have, pretty much anything from headaches to addictions to fears to phobias, they all come under the umbrella of this is to punish you, protect you, or prioritize you. It's so beautiful that you could put it into these categories because yeah. it makes it much more simple. Yeah. And I think about unavailability and you know, a large focus of the conversations I have are about relationships yeah. and just generally human connection and the repeating patterns mm. that occur. And when I was in my mid-20s after really devastating couple betrayals in a row, mm-hmm. I exclusively dated incredibly unavailable people. Of course. And I loved one-night stands. I yeah. loved short... Because you were safe. Right. Yeah. And it was when I finally just had this it, it, this recognition that mm. I was running from of people course. who could love me could because love I was you. afraid they'd leave me. Because they had the power to hurt you. And you know, from the minute we're born, we have a driving force. And that driving force is I must find connection and avoid rejection. Because it wasn't that long ago that rejection would kill you. If you were banished or cast out from the tribe or marooned or isolated, you would die. And even though we know now it doesn't kill us, it still feels like it just might. Listen to all those songs, I'll die if you leave me. (laughs) I can't live without you. I'm nothing. You're the only person in the whole world for me. None of that is even remotely true. But it feels so true that it might as well be true. Do you think because we are this biological... Uh, kind of automated animal mm-hmm. that we are even prepared for the level of technology and things that we are inundated with today? You know, I, it's a challenge because human beings are wired for connection, but technology is very disconnecting. You know, everyone's on their phones. We now have driverless cars. There's no tellers in the bank. There's no stores. Yeah. I actually turned up at an airport recently in Germany. There wasn't a single member of staff. It was all machines and robots and I didn't really like that too much, you know. It's quite nice to have that human touch. And I wonder what we're doing to the next generation, which we are they're so disconnected. Well, speaking of that level of disconnection, a large pillar of your work is about these experiences that we have mm. in childhood that affect us and really give us that challenge of feeling unworthy. Mm. When we think of the manifestation of low self-worth, I think we often think of highly traumatized children, mm. children of alcoholics, abuse, things like that. What are some other subtle ways, maybe like a seemingly good childhood can actually create low self-worth? You see, if you say to your kid, I love you so much because you're so beautiful, I love you so much because you're so smart. What they hear is, oh, and if I wasn't, you wouldn't. That kid now feels, oh, that's what I got to be my whole life to belong. And they become workaholics, overachievers, and they feel you expect so much. And and they can't do it. And they often become anorexic or bulimic or have all kinds of issues, fears and phobias. So the other problems are really expecting so much of a kid. Expecting them to be like you Mm -hmm. and they're nothing like you expecting them to be as good as you or pre- or telling them that you love them because, mm. making it conditional, not unconditional. If you haven't heard me talk about Cozy Earth Sheets before, 
let me tell you, I'm about to introduce you to the greatest sheets you will ever have touch your body. Anytime someone comes to our house and stays in our guest room, they always want to know what is the bed situation. What are the sheets that we have? Their sheets, their comforters, their duvets, everything is magic. Their bedding is naturally breathable. It's temperature regulating. It's so damn soft. It's ethically sourced viscose from bamboo. It's incredible. And the brand was featured on Oprah's favorite things, but before that, it was featured on Mark's favorite things. Like, I discovered this brand years ago before I ever even chatted with them about being a sponsor for the podcast. And because I love their product so much, I asked for an exclusive offer for you and you get 40% off site-wide. And now they have pajamas. They have like loungewear. So not only do you get to wrap yourself in the experience of the sheets as clothing, but you then get to get into the bed in that. So you're like double wrapped. And so all you got to do to save 40% off site-wide is use the code GROVES at checkout. So just my last name, G-R-O-V-E-S. So go to CozyEarth.com. C-O-Z-Y-E-A-R-T-H dot com and use the code Groves and you get 40% off all their products. What are some of the ways that we can actually ensure or try to ensure as best as possible a healthy development of a child for to have high self-worth? Well, you know, first of all, you have to understand that you only we come through our parents, not from them. So if your kid has an interest that you don't have, don't poo-poo it. You've got to let your kids mm. be totally different to you. They don't want to be like you. But the biggest thing is loving your kids for themselves, saying, I love you no matter what you do. I'll support you no matter what you do. So you've got to break this belief that they are your kids to be molded into you. They're not. They're people with their own likes, nothing like you. But you've got to see them as individuals. They're really only yours for a very fleeting amount of time. They start. You start off as a parent being everything. You're their friend. They're confident. They're cook, their cleaner, their nurse. And later, the only thing you can ever hope to be is their friend. You want to have a great friendship with your kids, which you can't have if you don't let them be themselves. We talk about the importance of parenting Mm -hmm. and that aspect of the child's development. Can we experience this low self-worth wound from outside of our family system? Oh, yes. You could have amazing parents. That doesn't stop kids saying, I was molested by the babysitter. Mm. I was molested by the boy next door. I was molested by my cousin. I was bullied. as well. My teacher said I was rubbish. My teacher said I wasn't smart. And many kids have an awful time at school. And often they don't want to tell their parents. Sometimes parents say, you know, my mom was so lovely, but she had three kids and I couldn't Mm -hmm. tell her what was going on. I didn't want to hurt her anymore. So even with the best parenting in the world, it's terrifying when you think of some of the things that kids are exposed to. I'm curious, when I was younger, I had the experience of, you know, grade five, grade six, I got a bit of ch- a bit chubby. And then that's also the time that social hierarchy is being created, yeah. you know, from grade five to eight, sure. 10 to 14. And I found the social hierarchy being created and me staying <laughs> yeah. at the lower part. And then I was associating when I finally got fit, I all of a sudden moved up the social hierarchy. Mm. But I was the same essence. And so that was hard for me to reconcile or to make Mm. sense of. And what I've found is that I would then battle with this experience of putting on weight or Mm. using sugar to soothe that feeling. Sure. So 
when we think about ways that we cope with low self-worth as, mm-hmm. as adults, we think of things like alcohol, drugs, things like that. But what are some more subtle ways that we do this? Always being late. Being late gets you a lot of attention. Being a people pleaser, being a yes person, always trying to be, be caring. It was amazing. I read a study that said up to 90% of nurses come from dysfunctional families and they give the one thing they haven't got. And you don't really have a say in this because the need to belong is so powerful, Mm -hmm. so profound and so persistent. If you can't get love for being yourself, then you'll get love for being sick or an achiever or a carer or the rebel, the kid who bangs on the high show with their spoon and is still doing that 30 years later. How do I begin to move from one of those roles to being a regular functioning Yeah. Well, I love this saying, you play the only part you've ever known until that part becomes your own, which means you learn what you live, that you play the only part you've ever known, and all of a sudden, this is who you are. And the first thing is to think, okay, you know, I was a kid, and my parents were busy, I was always sick, but I'm not that kid. I don't even live with these parents. I don't need that anymore. So it's actually incredibly simple. I did that for that reason. Don't need to do it anymore. It seems too simple almost. Mm. Like, is that the trick? Yeah, it should be simple. We've got this belief that therapy is long and hard and arduous and painful. No, it can be so simple. Without hypnosis, how would you access that? I don't know. I don't know how you would. Yeah, so you might be spinning your wheels your whole life. Yeah, I see people all the time. I've been in therapy for 20 years. I've been under my doctor for 10 years. And how did you do that in 20 minutes? Well, because the mind knows. You know, it's like if you're terrified of thunder or terrified of birds or terrified of dogs. I mean, no, a baby will put its hand straight in a dog's mouth. Yeah. So they don't have these fears. We have to have acquired them. And if you acquired them, you can get rid of them. I'm curious for people who have it, maybe are listening to us and hearing and thinking, oh, man, I have a self-worth thing. I have a Mm. thing that I want to resolve. How do you go from that experience of what you believe about yourself now, and then doing as you're saying, sharing this affirmation about yourself, but it actually feeling like a lie. Your mind's job is to make your thoughts real. If you think a sad thought, your eyes will fill up with tears. If you think an embarrassing thought, you might start to blush. If you think a sexual thought, you might get really turned on. And if you think about eating, your stomach will rumble. So we know that every day, every minute, your mind is making your thoughts real. The placebo, what you think about a drug, has more of an effect than what's actually in it. So you might as well, I mean, I called my last book, Tell Yourself a Better Lie. Because if you're going to say, I'm an idiot, I got rocks for brains, I can't, I, everything I touch falls apart. Well, clearly that isn't true. So why not say I'm the opposite? I'm smart, I'm gifted, I'm lucky. Is it a lie? It really doesn't matter. Your mind's going to make it real, whatever you tell it. Uh, And I'm a great believer that you should lie, cheat, and steal to your mind every single day. Lie to your mind, cheat fear, and steal back the phenomenal confidence that you were born with. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So when you say, isn't that a lie? Yeah, but you've been doing it for years. So you might as well make it easy on yourself and pick a better lie. Your work, RTT, is built on so many. It includes yeah. so many different aspects of intervention. One of the ones uh, that I wanted to ask you about was neuroplasticity. Yeah, Can you explain what neuroplasticity is for the people listening? Yeah, so plastic means to mold. And we talk about plastic surgeon, but it actually the word means, it's a Greek word that means to mold. And neuroplasticity means that 
as you think different thoughts, your mind starts to rewire itself. That if you could look in someone's mind as they think certain thoughts, you'll see that the mind changes. So when you change your thoughts, you're changing everything. Thoughts are things. Every thought you think has a physical reaction and an emotional response. If you think of something terrifying, you can actually feel terror, even mm-hmm. though you're completely safe. So Marissa, it sounds like you're talking about becoming the tamer of the horse, becoming the professional driver of yeah. the Ferrari. And one of the ways you do this, you go, I can do this. I've mm. got this. I can do it. I can do it. And so really what you're doing is you're learning how to dialogue with yourself. You know, all sorts, if you want a great business, learn how to dialogue with your customers. Want a great marriage? Learn how to dialogue with your spouse or your children, but actually the most important dialogue is how do you talk to yourself? Mm. That is everything. Because we know that we say, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. That we function so much better than I haven't got it. I know in your book, you dive into this in much greater Mm. detail, but for the people listening, what is the process of telling yourself a better lie? The process is, first of all, take a look at how you talk to yourself, about yourself, do you use words like this is killing me? This is terrifying. This is um this is too much. I'm stressed out of my mind. I'm having a really bad everything's going wrong. Mm-hmm. And then of course it's like, is that really true? Is mm-hmm. everything going wrong? Is it always like this? You don't even need to do that, but you can just say, Is this really true? And even if it is true, could I make it easier on myself? You know, you have to get everything into perspective, especially your language. And I do something called PPP, which means look at your problem. Is it personal? Is it pervasive? And is it permanent? So unless it is all the three Ps all the time, it actually really can't hurt you. And so you have to get some perspective. You know, my kids are so messy. Every time I come in, there's sofa cushions on the floor and there's a peanut butter smear on the fridge. And this is driving me crazy. You know, when you're an old lady, you're long for those days yeah. when someone put peanut butter on the telephone <laughs> and there were cushions all over the floor and they were using your sofa as a trampoline. And then you have to think, I think the thing, best thing is to say, is this someone else's fantasy dream? Would someone say, wow, your kid's making a mess. I haven't got kids. I never had a kid. That's my fantasy dream. Your husband leaves his pants on the floor. That's my fantasy dream come true. When we change our thoughts like this, when we change the way we talk yeah. to ourselves, the words we use, how does that impact us physiologically? Well, you know, in the rule of control, thoughts come in front of feelings. So it's always a loop. You think of a thought, that thought completely dictates your feelings. The feelings dictate your behaviors and actions. And then you have something called a, it's confirmation bias where you've made that thought real. So you, so you make your beliefs. And then your beliefs turn around and make you, and then you look Mm. for proof of what you have to do. And you know what? When you look for proof of what you believe, you're always going to find it. You know, you can believe people are mean, people are great. Life is hard, life is amazing. Dogs are vicious, dogs are man's best friend. Whatever you believe, you'll find it. So it's really understanding that responsibility means an ability to respond. We're all response-able for managing our own emotions. We're all response-able for upgrading our thoughts we're so busy upgrading our laptops and our computers (laughs) and we forget hang on a minute shouldn't i upgrade what's in here shouldn't i upgrade this yeah doesn't matter if you've got a 10 year old phone it really matters if you've got 20 year old thinking uh doesn't matter if your ipad's eight years old but it really matters if your thoughts are still those of an eight-year-old it sounds like that's neuroplasticity in action it is you're thinking thoughts knowing that 
The law of control says control begins and ends with your thoughts. And when you control your thoughts, it changes your life. When you make them positive, it makes your life extraordinary. And all the things we fear, very they often don't even happen. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. My workload can be pretty substantial, and I'm often switching from one task to the next or getting on a plane, getting off one, hotels, packing, moving, all ways going. Not only when I get home, but also during the holidays, I really prioritize focusing on my family. I take time off, I turn off my devices, I delete apps from my phone that I know consume a lot of energy. It's really because the gift of presence over giving presence really goes a long way. And even though being with family and around my family is the biggest part of the holidays for me, I also know that I need to prioritize myself. I know that I need to regulate my nervous system as I come down from a really busy season of work and then into my home. And for those of you who might be visiting family, being able to regulate yourself as you're around the unpredictability that the holidays can bring. A great way to not only learn how to regulate your nervous system, but to actually get you into regulation is to do a therapy session. Getting support by talking to a therapist has always been super helpful for me, especially in helping me reflect on circumstances and situations in my life, being able to navigate things from a more calm and present place so that when I'm with my family, I'm with my family. Therapy has always been a gift for myself because it helps me be better. It helps me grow and change. Now, if therapy sounds like something you could use to help you regulate and calm as well, give BetterHelp a try. It's really easy to sign up online because you can make it fit in with your schedule. Just fill out a fast questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, and you can actually change that therapist at any time to find the best fit. In this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Groves to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Groves. When we go through this process of making the subconscious conscious and really bring forward these thoughts that are really living in the Mm. abyss of our mind, and now we've brought them forward so we can pay attention to where the unconscious subconscious is operating. When we're operating from that space, the driver of the Ferrari, what does that look like in our lives and what's possible for us? Do you know, it looks like peace. It looks like you wake up and go, I love my life. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love the smell of this coffee. I love the smell of the shower gel. I love hearing my kids laughing. You very much live in the moment and you learn to be super grateful for pretty much everything. Probably sounds a bit sickening, but it's actually really lovely to wake up and think, wow, I love my life. I love my sheets. I love going downstairs and having a cup of tea. I love seeing my little puppy down there. And you start to just live in the moment because the, the future's promise and the moment is all you have. But you also use this very good word choice. As long as you can say, but I chose it. I'm choosing to love it. I'm choosing to feel great about it. I'm choosing it. All resistance disappears from your life, which is so nice. When we're operating from that level of choice and yeah. presence, what is possible for our relationships, our friendships, our work, everything? You know, what works for me and all my clients is to say this, I'm a flawed person, having a flawed relationship with a flawed person. I call it being flawsome. Being flawsome means you're flawed, (laughs) I'm flawed. Let's have a beautiful flawed relationship. If I say, hey, I'm perfect, you better be perfect too. Now I can have a perfect relationship. We're setting ourselves for massive disappointment. Mm -hmm. If I want a perfect relationship, I've entered a race with no finish. As I get to perfection, it moves and it moves and it moves. And people who try to be perfect in a relationship the unhappiest people, they're also the loneliest because often they don't even have a relationship because they expect so much. And if you expect perfection, 
disappointment comes. If you expect flawsomeness, awesome. my friend's got a flaw. They're always late. My friend forgets birthdays. My friend is a bit messy, and I'm not. But that's a lovely thing. And so it's the ability to say I'm flawed, and I'm okay with that, and you're flawed too. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be you. Just turn up and be yourself because that's really all you ever can be. We all have flaws, and yet we're all so busy trying to be perfect, which just doesn't exist. The unhappiest people try to be perfect. The happiest people say, let's all be flawed together. There's a deep level of exhale that yeah. comes with living with that. And guy. acceptance. You know, the worst thing you can do is to have a kid and say, you've got to be perfect now. Or I find a partner and I'm going to make this person perfect. Because if that, that means you're rejecting someone, that's not unconditional love. And, and in a relationship, we, we all have this strange thing that love should be bought, earned, chased, worked for. And that's not love. Love should just be given freely. You, no one said you've got to earn it. You know, you wouldn't say to your baby, hey, you've got to earn my love. You just give it to them. Mm -hmm. They give it straight back to you. And then we forgot about that. And we think we've got to be worthy of love. And we have this weird belief, I'll be happy when I'm loved, I'll be happy when I'm perfect. But actually, the truth is, you can be happy right now. Mm -hmm. Happiness is an inside job. If you think you've got to be perfect to be happy, you'll never be happy. But if you're happy, that's a much easier thing. So take away the, I'll be happy when or if, and say, I'm happy right now. And then it's just easier. Marissa, I have so love this conversation and it has brought to the forefront the level of responsibility that we have to have for our minds oh yeah huge yeah and i've i, I gotta say like sometimes i get a bit lazy about the mm. thoughts and then the old ways of being it, it, it is such a mm. habitual thing that you have yeah. to wake up in the morning and this be part of your process yeah. so what, what the way to go around that is to have a little ringtone on your phone maybe this girl is on fire i'm having the time of my life or <laughs> it's a new day it's a new dawn. i'm feeling good because a ringtone reminds you oh i didn't i choose to say that it's mm. a new day i'm feeling good i'm having the time of my life and then you know people call them affirmations i prefer to call them statements of truth put something on your fridge on your screensaver on your wallpaper that says i love my life maybe have something like I'm enough, and that is your password. Of course, you don't have squiggles and dots and numbers. You've got to be safe. If you have to open your phone, open it would be by typing out "I'm enough" or "I love myself" or "I'm a, I'm a happy person." It's a very good way to keep it going. So make sure your passwords become a great message to yourself. Mm. Thank you so much for making and taking the time to share your brilliance, your experience, your knowledge everything with being able to remind us and teach us how to move from operating very unconsciously to actually being this responsible with yeah. our choices, our life, our thoughts, and how that can have such a transcendent effect on yeah. everything. Sure. So thank you so You're much welcome. for being here. You're welcome. Um, for the people listening, where can they find more of you? Where can they get your book? Well, I'm so glad my name is Marissa Peer and not Sue Smith. Nothing wrong with that name because you can find my books everywhere. You can find my stuff all over YouTube and Instagram. Marissa, just go to Marissa Peer. My books are in many bookshops and all over Amazon. And if you go to marissapeer.com, we give a lot of free stuff. We have audios on money blocks, health blocks, love blocks. They're all totally free. We don't ask for your credit card. 
And if you want to train in RTT and do, we train, I've trained 16,000 people to do exactly what I do. Many of them here in LA, a lot of them here in LA. If you go to RTT.com, you can find out how to train with us or find someone that does what I do that will help you quickly and powerfully. Beautiful. Well, we'll make sure we put all that in the show notes. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you. Wow. That episode with Marissa was so powerful for me because it deepened the knowing that I have been processing and exploring that we are so freaking powerful, that we are so capable of so much and the power of the mind. And not just that we can use our consciousness to tame the horse and become the driver, but that if our unconscious, our subconscious mind is left unchecked, unexplored, it will shape our lives. It will determine our limitations. And I'm really playing more in the space of what if anything is possible? What if we are limitless beings? And it is actually just the belief that we're not that keeps us limited. This means that the world is our oyster and there's a blank canvas for us to draw on and that can be about our lives but also about ourselves and that makes me really excited and the journey of this podcast is to learning how to liberate ourselves through relationship yes but actually through every friction we have in our lives so make sure wherever you're listening to this or wherever you watch this that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes we've got some deadly ones coming up that you're not gonna want to miss. This episode was produced by John Meek with production assistance from Joanna Vera. I'm Mark Rose. Thanks for joining today, and we'll see you for the next episode.